0: And personally, I hope that none of my close friends or loved ones ever reveals themselves to be a superhero because I can't even keep my own secrets. I will blurt <laughs> that shit out so fast.
1: I, on the other hand, i am very good with secrets. So if anyone has something to say, any deep, dark secrets, please <laughs> let me know. That's perfectly fine.
0: Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris.
1: And I'm Madam Amy. We are with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel.
0: Madams, assemble. So, in preparation for the upcoming Spider Man No Way Home, today we are covering a movie I thoroughly enjoy: Spider Man Homecoming. Indeed. And just to note, everybody, we are recording this episode in the first week of August so that I can take a couple weeks off to move with uh, my husband and our furry little brood across the country and the fuck out of Texas.
1: <laughs> Yay. So by the time you're listening to this, she's out of Texas. So have a drink in celebration.
0: Indeed. So that means whatever trailers have come out by now, guys, whatever teasers, or news, aren't going to be incorporated into this episode because I don't have a crystal ball or a time machine, a tempad. Have I missed anything? Time stone? TARDIS. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, oh, you
1: know, speaking of time machines and yada yada, I am a bit confused about this movie. There is some timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly going on.
0: Yeah, and we'll get into that as we go. Yeah. But overall, I really like this movie. I like Far From Home even more. Absolutely love that movie. And I think it built on this one so well. But this one certainly has a spot in my heart.
1: Yeah, it is a fantastic movie.
0: Yeah. And it was a hard sell for me at first, because man, did I hate Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man? And I didn't really much care for Andrew Garfield. So when Marvel said, hey, we're doing it again I was like oh god I can't enough already just let it go
1: yeah so I've only seen like two of the Tobey Maguire movies and I haven't seen any of Andrew Garfield ones so I was like eh whatever I don't care but since RDJ was in it I figured you know what I'll give it a shot and I'm glad I did
0: and I think that's What did it for a lot of people? I think they used him very well in that regard to draw people in who may have been sick of the whole idea. But it also works great for the movie.
1: Yeah, and I think the fact that they introduced him in Civil War and he was instantly likable pretty much in the movie itself, despite everything else going on, I think that was also a good draw. Had they done this cold with no introduction to Spider-Man at all before, and rdj not being in it i don't think people are really bothered with it
0: that's a really good point about civil war and you know throughout our show we've we've talked about the fact that there are certain marvel actors who were born to play their roles tom holland is one of those people
1: yeah that's true he is really good
0: he is peter parker (laughs) yeah And I absolutely adore him. And I want to make it clear that when I say I adore Tom Holland, I mean adore in the way I love cute little puppies. (laughs) Because though he is now a 25-year-old man, he still looks like he's 15.
1: Yeah, and I kind of hate him for that.
0: Yeah, so I look at him and still see jailbait, you know?
1: (laughs) This is a classy podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the adoration is purely from a more like mom or even Aunt May type of vibe.
1: Well, considering how old he looks, you could actually be his
0: mom. Technically. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. So when he has that like shirtless scene here, it it makes me viscerally uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Doesn't bother me either way.
0: And then we have, of course, the great Michael Keaton who I've always loved.
1: Yes, he is amazing.
0: Michael Keaton is one of those special character actors who can also lead a movie. Yep. What I love too about Homecoming is that I think they learned their lesson, Marvel did, from Iron Man, and they keep Adrian Toomes alive.
1: Yeah, that's true. Actually, you know, in Iron Man, I heard this in the director's commentary, they were actually planning to give some sort of a teaser, like the hand moving or something just to give us a maybe obadiah stane isn't dead he may or may not be dead kind of thing and then they cut it at the end
0: oh i would have liked that i would have loved a way to keep jeff bridges and to yeah. keep jeff bridges around
1: yeah and having adrian tombs in as a teaser like maybe he shows up in the future or maybe they just leave it at that mm-hmm is a good idea and also i think that it plays really well with spider-man as the young boy that he is for him to kill someone at this age it could get really dark
0: and they kind of tried to do that in the previous spider-mans and it never worked mm-hmm. not for me yeah and one of my other really favorite things about this movie is the score we're bringing back the old spider-man song hmm yeah just all around between that with Holland, this is what Spider-Man is supposed to be. We finally have an age-appropriate Spider-Man because that was a big problem in the past. Unlike a uh, thirty-something-year-old Andrew Garfield trying to play a high school teenager, get out of here.
1: Well, yeah, true.
0: Hey, you want to feel really old, everybody? <laughs> Tobey Maguire's forty-six. Chew on that. Made <laughs> <Wait>, what? <laughs> Yeah, Tobey Maguire is 46 years old.
1: (laughs) I don't like you. I don't like Uh you.
0: (laughs) If I have to know it, you have to know it.
1: You are a terrible friend.
0: So I really like the opening of this movie. We start right after the Battle of New York in 2012 on all of this destruction. Yeah, and
1: Adrian is actually quite a nice guy. He is helpful he's a good
0: boss yeah it's a great villain setup because we connect with him immediately Mm -hmm. who hasn't been screwed over by the government at some point in their lives yeah true and man i never thought i would see tyne daly in a marvel movie i'll tell you that but (laughs) she is perfect the cold and unfeeling bureaucrat and it just immediately makes tombs a sympathetic figure yeah it does And this is where the casting of Michael Keaton comes in. He is a great everyman. Yeah,
1: that's true. You can relate to him and you can see the desperation in his eyes when Mm -hmm. he realizes that everything that he invested, the risk that he took is going to fail spectacularly.
0: Yeah. Oh, and this asshole, maybe next time don't overextend yourself. I'd have punched him in the fucking face too.
1: Yeah, and the slick back hair with a nice suit. Like, you have no fucking idea, dude. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So this is where we first learn of the Department of Damage Control. (laughs) The best they could do. Come on, guys. (laughs) And You know, I can't help but think right now, huh? Department of DC. Interesting. Hmm. (laughs) This is a joint venture between the US government and Stark Industries. and. Oh, this, ah, man, especially now after the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'm just like, oh, Tony, you had so many good intentions, but did you think it through? Yeah.
1: And I think that S.H.I.E.L.D. was also involved and the government is just cover for S.H.I.E.L.D. taking over.
0: Could be. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is just showing more of tony we've talked about this in iron man especially when he he changed the whole way when he decided stark industries wouldn't make weapons anymore he doesn't understand how it all works all the cogs in the machine because i think tony would be horrified to know what happened to this guy
1: oh yeah absolutely he probably would have given him several hundred thousand dollars just to keep him going and like sorry dude
0: cover his losses yeah Yeah. If Tony was a better businessman, I think things would be a lot different because, come on, Pepper can only do so goddamn much. Yeah,
1: that's true. And also not just a better businessman, but more boots on the ground. He's more of a, oh, just look at the overview and say, oh, yeah, you can deal with the details. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So Toomes has every reason to hate the Avengers. And he says here, too, it's it's a very prescient parallel. He sees it as the people causing the destruction now being paid to clean it up. Mm-hmm. I think the best example of this is, at least in the US, uh, Big Pharma with the opioid crisis. Okay. They create the problem and now they're making billions more claiming to solve the problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you create the problem and then create the solution and
0: get rich. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't blame Tombs for his feelings.
1: Yeah, completely. I I feel like Tooms isn't the real bad guy in the movie.
0: Yeah, in some ways, you're right about that. And it's because this introduction is so good. It's nice and succinct. We understand his motivations perfectly. And then we see him just sock away a little piece of uh, Chitari technology.
1: Yeah. And then as the movie progresses, we find out that he's been slowly stealing some of it as well so that he can keep his business afloat
0: right so here's where we start to have some issues with time here right away we jump ahead eight years yeah so that
1: makes it 2020 and in the real world 2020 isn't a great year and in (laughs) the mcu it wasn't a great year either because that was post snap yes so i would like to give the benefit of the doubt and just say that was a typo they probably were going for four
0: or six years or something like that yeah it's just something you have to overlook so we are yeah so we're in uh tombs's workshop his lair and like he's made some big advances here obviously we've got a whole enterprise going but i can buy it because especially being from the northeast the whole real estate and construction business is a dirty business. You know, that's the kind of thing the mob still has a hand in. I can believe that he knew people who knew people to build up some contacts in some nefarious worlds over the years.
1: hmm Yeah, that makes sense. And eventually, you know, any business you start, legal or illegal, word goes around. Right. And especially if you have something so unique like what he does it will definitely be something that you speak about. Yeah. And his weapons will advertise for themselves.
0: Do I need to be concerned again about this movie? Because you're already pretty, pretty hard on Toomes' side here. Are you working up a marketing plan in your head? You know, um, yes. Yeah, I can see you coming up with logos and branding for him. Yes. (laughs)
1: Look, the vulture is very iconic, okay? It will work very well
0: from a marketing perspective. Uh Uh-huh. So now we meet our hero, who is on his way to be a big boy (laughs) at the airport in Germany.
1: And as any teenager worth their salt, he is vlogging the entire process. Good thing TikTok wasn't a thing then.
0: Yes, Yes. Uh, Peter in this car narrating in this tough guy voice will never not be hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And poor happy. And I must say, I love, love John Favreau, the turn he's taken in this franchise. He really brightens up the movie, every scene he's in. I thoroughly enjoy him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that he went from like a serious bodyguard In the first movie, to this, he still takes himself very seriously, but he's not a goofball.
0: (laughs) I think he's learned he has to be to survive in his world because somebody's, you know, trying to blow up him and his friends every couple of years. So you need to have a little bit of a sense of humor to get by, or else you're just going to lose your mind.
1: Yeah, that's true. And having a boss who doesn't need protecting, who literally has a coat of arms. Around him at yeah. all times, kind of makes him feel useless,
0: yeah. And I mean, he could still lose his mind with essentially this puppy in the back seat, <laughs> yeah. you
1: know, I actually have a bone to pick with happy. We'll get to it as we go through the movie,
0: okay, yeah. this this really hit me hard. So a few days ago, I get in the car, get myself situated, and I reach back to grab my seatbelt to put it on. And instead of my seatbelt, what I got was a handful of wet snoot (laughs) because my furry little monster had stuck her entire face through the side of my headrest as if that would get her to daycare and her friends faster, you know?
1: See, that's not a bad problem to have.
0: (laughs) So that energy from Holland just comes through throughout the whole movie and it's so genuine
1: yeah yeah it almost seems like tom holland is so excited to join the mcu as peter parker is excited to join the avengers
0: that is exactly it and there are so many meta moments like that in this movie where these things happened to him or he genuinely was excited or scared himself and it just enhanced the performance so much Out of all the actors in the MCU, maybe with the exception of RDJ, I think he does the least amount of acting. (laughs) And that's in a good way. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, doing this through his camera, through Peter's eyes is so much fun. It really, you know, reinforces his age, reminds us, like, this is not a mature person.
1: Yeah. And it shows us from an everyman's perspective what is going on for us like we look at it from the superhero's perspective and that's the norm for them whereas peter is just an average boy mm-hmm. and it gives us a feel of how the regular people feel like how we would feel if the avengers existed in the real world mm-hmm. yep
0: and i think what actually is the best part of this movie is what we don't see He's already Spider-Man. It's covered.
1: Yeah. This isn't an origin story.
0: Yeah. It's a coming of age story. Exactly. And the cherry on top of it for me. And this goes for both movies. We never hear the name Ben Parker. Thank (laughs) you, God. (laughs) Ben Parker in the Marvel Universe has been like those fucking pearls in Batman. Thank you.
1: Or, you know, Malta.
0: Yes, exactly. So,
1: you know, I swear that that Martha scene is so iconic. You don't need to say anything. You just need to say Martha, and everything falls into place.
0: <laughs> and another thing I have to give Tom Holland credit for is his American accent. Spot on perfect.
1: Yeah, I'll give him credit for that because I tried it once and I was terrible.
0: <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to say, maybe benedict coverbatch could learn a couple things from him because <laughs> it's not great <laughs> it's doable it's 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 fine but it it's not great
1: well it's good enough i suppose so that's good yes, enough
0: it is yeah and we're not just bouncing around the car we're literally bouncing around the hotel room <laughs>
1: Yeah. And for him to be so starstruck and not realize that his hotel room is actually bigger, which is just yeah. hilarious.
0: <laughs> we have thin walls here.
1: Yeah, no, that bit where he's saying, Oh, my hotel room is much much bigger than I realized. I was like, Yeah, yeah. When you get a free upgrade, that's how you feel. I know that excitement.
0: Yeah. And I that's a moment where I'm like, This totally happened to Tom Holland. I know it happened. <laughs> and here's another. Back in the car with Tony here and Tony is telling May what a great job Peter did. And I could just imagine Tom Holland thinking, oh, my God, Tony said I'm doing a great job. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gotta tell my mom.
1: Yeah. And he has it on tape. So which is amazing.
0: He does. Yes. <laughs> and that's when Tony starts to put some distance in there. Like, happy's your point, man, on this. Yeah. Don't blow up my phone. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, I don't think he gave him his number in the first place. I wouldn't. Yeah, makes sense. You don't give a teenager your number.
0: Yeah. And this next part here is a different watch after Endgame, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I teared up a little. Yeah, we'll call this one the not hug because we're not there yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and the, the not there yet reminded me so much of their reunion back in endgame which was fantastic in a way
0: yeah it was such a great callback yeah yeah and uh little peter thinks that uh he's going to be getting a new mission real soon yeah
1: sorry buddy (laughs) no the next mission is to be on a bus with some coughing people that kind of freaked me out now
0: Put your underoos on and go to school.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, even earlier on in the movie, I swear to God, the last two years have completely ruined me because when Tombs was explaining to some of his workers how they need to do things and, you know, they got a little close to each other, not <laughs> intimately close, but, you know, close enough. I was like, they're
0: not wearing masks. They're not wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. So we're back in Queens now back at school, and Peter is driving Happy absolutely insane. Yeah, when
1: I saw him scrolling through those texts and there's no reply from Happy, this (laughs) reminded me (laughs) of desperate guys trying to, you know, get a girl to look at them and be interested. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh my god, you're right.
1: And just, they just don't get the message.
0: Yes. And it's so relatable. He wants to be more than this regular teenager, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's so desperate.
1: Yeah, he wants to do bigger and better things. And every teenager is like that. You know, you have that fire, that passion of I'm going to do this and I'm going to be the best. And even if you don't have superhero abilities, you still feel like a fucking superhero as a teenager.
0: Well, I'd actually disagree. I don't. I think most teenagers do feel that way. And I think that's one of the things that makes Peter so special. I think a lot of times teenagers are, are content to just be kind of on the selfish side because they're still young, you know? So for me, that's one of the things that I really love about Peter is that he does genuinely want to do good. He does genuinely want to help people. He's not all about himself. He, he will come to understand that there is some ego to this, but <laughs> on the whole, he really is altruistic.
1: Yeah, I misspoke, I suppose. But his intentions are absolutely good. I don't deny that. But as teenagers, whatever your intentions are, you always want to go full force, 100%. Whether it's sure, you want to be a multimillionaire or you want to save the world. Like teenagers today are working really hard to try and work on climate change. You know, mm. so there are different intentions, but every teenager, whatever's driving them, they really do want to go full force. They just don't realize that there is a certain amount of moderation needed, which comes with experience.
0: Yeah, and I think the perfect example of of what you're talking about too is also speaking of you know teenagers who want to be multimillionaires. Flash Thompson. <laughs> I love Flash. Yeah, he you love
1: to hate him so you know yes. that he's done a good job
0: he's such an asshole but i gotta give him some bully credit penis parker is solid <laughs>
1: <laughs> i thought that was kind of unoriginal i mean penis really can't come up with anything else
0: <laughs> it does the trick and now we also meet ned jacob Battleon, aka the man in the chair <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's a good friend.
0: He is. And all of these kids, especially Ned, are so perfectly cast.
1: Yeah, you know, I had no idea that he was bald. Yeah. So kudos to the wig department. They got it right for once.
0: Well, I don't know if he he is now, but I don't know if he was then. He was. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, he was bald from day one.
0: Yeah, they have a wonderful friendship and they're still playing with legos yeah (laughs) i love it yeah they're little geeky boys yeah and as far as anyone knows peter has an an internship right an internship over at stark industries
1: yeah which in it in and of itself would be pretty cool
0: yes yes i agree and again here nice and succinct we get some good exposition we see just how smart and creative peter is
1: yeah even though he's not concentrating his work in school he still gets everything
0: yeah fuck you flash
1: (laughs) and you can see that he's constantly just itching to get out there and do things and school is not important Mm -hmm. and what teenager hasn't thought that
0: but what is important for them of course are girls
1: of course yes hormones and all that you know
0: so peter and ned both have a crush on liz and what i love is it's not a competitive thing Mm -hmm. you know and i'm team mj all the way because she's totally right it is too late you do look like creeps (laughs) now we're calling her mj because she is indeed mj but that's a good reveal it's a solid reveal at the end of the movie. We hear, we hear her called Michelle. They change her first name. She's not Mary Jane. She is MJ. Yeah, you know,
1: I have a bit of a bone to pick with this movie. And this is coming from someone who is very, very, very bad with names, as I'm sure you can attest to that. Because half the time I refer to people, it's what's his name and what's his face and what's her name.
0: Yes, I can attest to something I'm sure Amy has cut out by now, but 15 minutes ago when I said they kept Adrian Toombs alive, she said, who?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That, see, that, that's
1: that's the problem. They don't, like in a lot of movies, when they are talking about certain characters, they say the names. Like, yes, they might mention Adrian Toomes at certain points, but... Mm they do it a lot more in the other movies so that dum-dums like me get it into our brains that this face equals this name and they Mm -hmm. don't do that in this movie except for peter and obviously if i don't get that then i really need to check my brain but it's very confusing i know them by their faces i do not know the names and i no joke have imdb open right now to ensure i get the names right
0: Oh, I'm sorry. That's just a you thing. They, they say names plenty. That's a you thing. Okay. <laughs> but I thought this was such a great departure from the previous movies. It's not MJ that Peter has a crush on at first. They really barely know each other because she keeps to herself. She even seems like maybe kind of the new kid, newer kid. Yeah, but she always seems
1: to show up in their conversations they play it off as you know she's too cool for school kind of thing but she may have a crush on
0: peter oh i think so yeah Yeah. she is trying to she's that typical sarcastic witty girl Mm -hmm. you know where she does it so Mm -hmm. that zendaya is great she's not a cliche she is relatable believable because she's a contradictory mess And that's what teenagers are, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's well done. Oh, yeah, it's well done. And it's just so refreshing from, again, the previous movies, because I could not deal with the, oh, MJ, golly gee willikers, MJ, will you go to the dance with me with Toby McGrath? I can't. I just couldn't. (laughs) So this was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of a twist. And I remember when I saw the movie for the first time, I knew that. MJ, Mary Jane is supposed to be the main love interest for Spider-Man. And there was Liz and I was getting very confused. And plus (laughs) I anyways have a problem with this movie and the names. So what can I say?
0: And I feel so bad for Peter here in this next scene. He thinks he can't go to Washington for the the big national academic decathlon because Mr. Stark might need him. Yeah, that's just... You know, I feel like
1: yes, it is his excitement, you know, teenagers and he wants to be there. He want he, that and he has this mission as an avenger that he believes. He could have just asked Happy, "Can I go?" And I can't actually blame him for not doing that because Happy, even though he's his point man, has kind of been ignoring him despite the fact that he they have been keeping tabs on him. There's been yeah. no contact.
0: It's more than that because Peter also doesn't want to make Tony think that, he, in his mind, the decathlon might be more important than being an Avenger.
1: Yeah, that's true. And he wants Tony to think that he's reliable, that school doesn't exactly. come in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. But I also feel like had Happy had a little more contact with Peter, I know he's a busy guy, but still something there probably wouldn't have been so many problems in the movie.
0: Oh, I agree with you 100%. Both Happy and Tony handle him terribly. Yeah. And what kills me is that he can't tell anybody the truth about this so-called internship. And even if he could, nobody would believe him.
1: Yeah, exactly. So everyone ends up thinking that the Stark internship is kind of like slave driving. Like they're just working peter to the bone
0: yeah and some of them don't even believe he has the internship
1: yeah that's true especially flash
0: yes and what's great is this is one of those moments this actually happened to tom holland they sent him for like a week to an american high school in new york like a science high uh big school over there to get a sense of what you know american school was like for kids And he tried to tell people there that he was Spider-Man and nobody believed him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Can't blame him.
0: Yeah. Yep. I know. So from MJ, we also know that Peter has quit a number of his other extracurricular activities. He's already started like not being a kid anymore in a lot of ways. But it's what he doesn't understand is that it's all surface level. He doesn't have the maturity yet to really unpack what he's dealing with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And him trying to push that school is not important and he needs to do this other stuff is a sign of his immaturity.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the ways Ned is a really good friend because he's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. They have a very healthy relationship.
1: Yeah, that's true. And also once Ned finds out, he's still not completely swayed away to the point of irresponsibility.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so school's out for the day, and I love this whole sequence. From the time Peter is stripping in the alleyway in the most childish way possible, just throwing <laughs> his shit everywhere.
1: Yeah. Not a very good planner. He should find a good place, and the last place you should be storing your stuff is near a garbage can.
0: Yeah, and kiddo, you're from New York. You don't leave anything laying around for more than 60 seconds or it's gone.
1: Yeah, and it's unsanitary. Go home, change. You can get in and out through the window.
0: Yeah, you've gone through how many backpacks, kid? Come on. May's yeah. not made a backpack money. Exactly. Once he starts Spider-Manning around here, you feel that stress release right along with him.
1: hmm Yeah. It made me want to play the Spider-Man game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a great montage. He's making an absolute mess of things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but at least he's kind enough to help people with directions and things like that. That's not like, <laughs> you know, that's not good enough for me. So go fuck yourself, old lady, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and he's a lot like Tony in this way. His intentions are always very good. It's the execution that tends <laughs> to be a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, except that he's. Messing up on smaller scales.
0: Yes. And what he also doesn't understand is that you shouldn't want crime to happen just so you can stop it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. A lot of youthful ego going on here.
1: Yeah. And that's the point.
0: Yeah. So he spends a few hours being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and comes upon uh, the Avengers. Robbing an ATM at the bank.
1: Yeah. It's always good to meet your co-workers every now and then, you know? Good to socialize.
0: Yeah. So Peter quickly realizes he's uh, in over his head because they've got some crazy weapons.
1: Yeah. And he probably would have had them had it not been for those weapons. And that weapon blows up, destroys the ATM and also destroys the deli.
0: Yeah, we had met Mr. Delmar earlier and I was like, oh God, is the cat okay? As long as the cat is okay.
1: Yeah, human life doesn't matter. Cat, more important.
0: Look, the kitty was tubby like my own little baby. It hit me. Mm -hmm.
1: Cats have nine lives. Probably would have jumped out and been safe even if Peter hadn't done anything.
0: Probably. So uh, our boy who cried wolf here tries to tell... Happy about the robbery, but Happy is uh, a little preoccupied, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he seems to be preoccupied for the most of the movie and just kind of pooh poos Peter away and all those weapons and all of that,
0: yeah, and this is a good plant it is yes, Happy is in charge of coordinating the relocation of the Avengers campus upstate, and that means moving a whole lot of equipment,
1: yeah, so. At first, you don't think too much about it, but as the movie progresses, you realize that that's very important.
0: You know what else is very important, Amy? What? Marissa Tomei. That she is. Yes. Oh my God, what a breath of fresh air.
1: Indeed. And a sight for sore eyes as well, for some of us
0: at least. <laughs> there will always be a special place in my heart for Mona Lisa Vito.
1: Okay.
0: The previous Aunt Mays, and no offense to Sally Field, who is a legend, they were, for one thing, way too old, especially in the Maguire franchise. But beyond that, they were also just window dressing and kind of pointless and poorly written.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. With a lot of these teenage movies in general, they always have the guardians or the parents as absentee people. You know? And they don't do that with May over here.
0: No. She is a fully fleshed out character.
1: Yeah, that too. And it's not like they make her stupid that she doesn't realize something is going on with Peter. She Mm -hmm. knows about it. She's just giving him his space to figure it out and intervene should it be out of hand and she does that.
0: They have such a great relationship. All the relationships in this movie are written so well.
1: Yeah. It's... Realistic, and it's not just having a plot device of oh, guardian is busy, guardian is missing, guardian is is kidnapped and has no idea what's happening, and guardian has dementia, hence she's so because (laughs) she's so old.
0: Yeah. So it's just the two of them. So time to head home, back to his apartment with May and (laughs) Peter thinks thinks it's just the two of them, and this is just the first of a couple fantastic reveals in this movie.
1: Yeah. That was a fantastic reveal. That's like, oh I shit. Never, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I never saw it coming. I didn't think I could not have imagined Ned sitting there. His reaction, his face is priceless.
1: Yeah, it's almost like his childhood ended right there. He's holding yes. this Lego and boom, it falls down.
0: Yeah, it's like part of his child ending and another part beginning because it's Also, holy shit, my best friend is a superhero. And this is also kind of a reaction you have when
1: you see a woman naked for the first time.
0: Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, it's that same sort of shock. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and this is another example of a great plant. We had him mentioning earlier that they were going to play Legos tonight, you know? Yeah. And the best plants are the ones you don't realize. Yeah,
1: that too. And also, yes, we knew that they were going to play Legos and also we fade out Ned's voice because that becomes background noise as soon as Peter sees Liz. So right. he agreed to something even though he wasn't listening to it, which is a very teenage thing to do.
0: Right. And these two together, the chemistry of, of Tom Holland and Jacob Batalon, they have such great comedic timing. Yeah. It's, it's a testament to the talent of Tom Holland that he reminds me so much of michael j fox in every way there are especially certain lines in this movie where oh my god it's marty mcfly all over again in the Mm -hmm. best way right or alex keaton you know pick pick an iconic michael j fox character you know so uh yeah ned can't stay for dinner ned's gotta go and (laughs) ned's gotta keep his mouth shut
1: yeah that was a good move Uh i mean on one hand pushing him away for him to, you know, get into his own head and maybe say something to someone else and, you know, not keeping him around to shut him up at the same time, ensuring that he doesn't spend time with May so that he doesn't flub up and say something. Uh It's a bit of a struggle over there, you know, from a tactical perspective.
0: Yeah, and personally, I hope that none of my close friends or loved ones ever reveals themselves to be a superhero because I can't even keep my own secrets. I will blurt (laughs) that shit out so fast.
1: I, on the other hand, I'm very good with secrets. So if anyone has something to say, any deep dark secrets, please (laughs) let me know. That's perfectly fine.
0: Amy's a collector.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't mean I may not use it for blackmail (laughs) sometime in the future. So,
0: you know, weigh your options? So we got to head out for some Thai food here, and I really love this scene. And it goes beyond this development of their relationship, it's about this waiter and you know the free food, the kind of goo goo eyes that he's making at May here.
1: Mm-hmm. Can't blame him.
0: I love this because at the time Marissa Tomei was 52 years old. What, yes, she is 57 today. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So historically in cinema, you know, once a woman hits now probably like 40, but it used to be like she'd be a spinster at 30, you know, once she hits a certain age, you know, the idea of seeing her as attractive in any way is like, ugh, gross. Yeah, I know. So I love the fact that we're not sexualizing her, but we are showing that she is still an attractive person desirable woman even over 50 without making her an object because she is that fully developed character yeah she's not a cougar no she doesn't even realize what's happening
1: exactly yeah and it's fun and and i certainly appreciated it the way they do it even in the other movies as well Mm -hmm. and it also shows us that these two are very comfortable with each other they are a team
0: Yes. That's a really good way to put it.
1: So for Peter to say that he, you know, the waiter's interested in you in that jokey way, it goes to show that they do have a good relationship. This isn't a, oh, I took you in because whatever, whatever reason, and you're there, I'm stuck with you.
0: Yeah, that's important. Peter is not her flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. But she loves him like he is. Yeah, and she is
1: very concerned for his well being. You can see that she even though they never mentioned Ben, you know that he's dead. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain amount of anxiety that she feels. We don't know what yeah. happened to him, but mm-hmm. there is some trauma there. And she is very, very protective of Peter.
0: Absolutely. Very involved in his life. She cares. Mm-hmm. So we see uh, real quick, the Department of Damage Control, again, dealing with that bank robbery aftermath. Yeah. Just a reminder that they're around before we head back to school.
1: Yeah. And also that they got news that this is some kind of special weapon, so they need to look into it. Yes. And I think this is also a hint for them to start investigating of how this alien tech was out in the world. And where is the leak coming from? And etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: I agree. I love Ned's endless questions to Peter. <laughs> My favorite one. Do you lay eggs? Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: to be perfectly honest, I think he let Peter go easy. Oh yeah. I would have had a lot of questions.
0: That's also because we're women. I think Ned's brain is just so still immature boy. That he only thinks about the cool shit?
1: Well, yeah, true. And also, I do have a tendency of asking
0: too many questions. You? Why, whatever are you talking about? (laughs) You didn't spend 20 minutes before we started recording and trying to understand for me why Texas is fucked. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you know, I like to try to understand every situation irrespective of how i feel about it.
0: So what i really love about this whole Ned and Peter exchange too is it's kind of like i don't know how else to put it besides like a russian nesting doll of annoyance situation <laughs> <laughs> because
1: for peter yes for ned it's annoying because peter isn't giving him answers i would get annoyed.
0: No, so here's what i mean is that peter being annoyed by ned is giving him a taste of own, his own medicine in regards to how he is harassing Happy. And Peter harassing Happy is happy getting a taste of his own medicine with what he used to do and kind of still does with Tony. (laughs) (laughs) In that sense, yes, true. And then we get just the most amazing cameo. You know, I take it back. I had said that Chris Evans showing up in the dark world was my favorite cameo, but oh, it's tied for this one right now. Poor Steve. How many of these videos did he have to make?
1: Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel bad for him. You know, it really explains a lot of why he kept punching all those
0: bags. (laughs) And we have a fun little appearance, too, by a guy who I enjoy when he shows up and thinks, Hannibal Burris here as the gym teacher. I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal now, but whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the fact that he's standing in the wrong on the wrong side of the TV when Cap points at this is my friend or whatever he said.
0: Yes. And this is when we find out that oh, Liz is impressed by Spider-Man. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is, you know, just a great little commentary on the previous movies. Gross, he's probably like 30. <laughs> and oh, sweet, sweet Ned just jumps the shark here. Yeah.
1: He is that friend who can't keep a secret. He tried. Give him credit for You're that. No Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's trying to help his friend, you know, in a very uncomfortable way, but sure.
0: I think it's like 20% he's trying to help his friend versus 80% of hormones taking over. <laughs> Yeah, and him
1: being unable to keep a secret. And also, he mentioned this when he found out Peter was Spider-Man. Like, this is the best thing that happened to me.
0: You know, (laughs) so he made it about himself.
1: So he gets the cool points by proxy. (laughs) Sure. Yeah.
0: And it's only fair. He didn't ask to know, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. Next
1: time... Peter should use the recon spider to look around in his room before he enters. It's the second time (laughs) he's fucked up by the end of the movie.
0: (laughs) So, well, now that Liz knows this piece of information, Peter and Ned are invited to her party.
1: Yeah. What do you think of Liz overall?
0: I like the relationship for a couple of reasons. One... Because in both movies and in, in both of the Tom Holland Spider-Mans, we're getting interracial relationships. But what I especially like is that she is taller than him. Mm-hmm. The casting of it. We're showing teenage girls here. Hey, it's all right for you to be taller than the boy. And guess what, boys? It's okay for the, if the girl's taller than you because it's never even an issue. Peter's totally fine with it. He yeah. likes her nonetheless.
1: To be fair, I didn't even notice it. Thank you for pointing it out to me. But what do you think of Liz as the character?
0: So if anybody in the movie comes off as a little cliched, it would probably be Liz.
1: Yeah, but if you compare her as a cliché to the other teenage movies, the degree of the clicheness is certainly very, very low.
0: Yes, I agree. Because while she may not be like a fully fleshed out character, she's a lot more than a pretty face.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And she's not just the love interest. You right. can see that she has interests and a life outside and they don't make her this brain dead teenage girl, you know, like the spoiled brat who's only self-obsessed.
0: Yeah, she's got a lot going on. Yeah. And she's also not made an object either.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to her relationship with Peter, it's not the, oh, I'm pitting you kind of a thing like oh you're cute in a nerdy way so okay i'll give you a chance otherwise i'm too you're right about
0: that yeah it's just oh you're cute and you're funny and sweet and i kind of like you yeah yeah yeah
1: so it doesn't seem like she's doing him a favor which tends to be very common in a lot of the other movies where you have the geeky boy interested in the popular girl
0: you're right about that yep i hadn't seen it that way I think where I'm coming from with her being slightly cliched is that she's kind of like um, maybe like a Jesse Spano type where she's almost too good because she's got all these extracurricular activities and she is both a beautiful girl and smart like she's almost a little too perfect.
1: Yeah, that makes sense because we're seeing this entire movie from Peter's perspective.
0: That is a good point.
1: Yeah, so for him, he would most certainly idealize his crush.
0: So we get to spend a little more time with May here, which I love. She gets, we don't see a lot of Aunt May, but man, does Marissa Tomei make the best of her screen time.
1: Yeah. Even though she doesn't have too much screen time, she's certainly memorable.
0: Yeah. I love this little pep talk in the car. Yeah. (laughs) It's so sweet. And it doesn't come off as weird or creepy or smothering. Yes, it's just right. She strikes just the right tone every time.
1: Yeah, she's not trying to be too motherly, but at the same time, she wants to guide him in the right way and help him out.
0: And, you know, that's a difference with the other movies, too. He never calls her Aunt May. He just calls her May. Mm-hmm. And that's also a good indication of the team that they are. Yeah, true. True. Now, this is the part where I stopped being able to relate to the kids in any way, in, a, in any stretch of my memory bank. He <laughs> yeah, had never been to a party like this, not in yeah. high school, not in college, no. And to be fair, it's not like I was Harry Potter, you know, with all the, the invitations coming through the chimney and, and all of that. <laughs> but I didn't want to be either. It, that would have been like torture for me, so
1: yeah I've been to a couple of parties not not to a house so nice for sure, but yeah, it's not really my cup of tea, and I don't blame Peter for disappearing at that time. Anything seems like a very big deal that you need to say that you need to sort out right away
0: yeah, and what I like too is that this party doesn't devolve into anything crazy, like you don't see anybody binge drinking, you don't see any drugs like Mm -hmm. it's not like there's tons of irresponsibility going on
1: yeah but you know to be fair we don't spend too much time at the party
0: itself yeah and i think that's smart
1: yeah it is because within a few minutes we see peter outside wondering how he should make his entrance as spider-man and that i think is a very good way of showing that peter still is a teenager and he is getting pressured and bullied and that's the reason why he is willing to compromise on his identity in a way
0: yeah he's constantly caught between those normal desires of a kid and the idea that he has you know more responsibility with his powers not gonna say it not gonna (laughs) say it
1: yeah because you know with great power
0: what did i say (laughs) i will end this podcast right now Yeah, you try that. Well, the other reason I'm glad that the party doesn't go super downhill, we do hear something break. I mean, there's a lot of kids there, you know? Yeah. But I think it's also a reflection of tombs. If things were to get super, super out of hand, then later in the movie, when we have the amazing twist, you know, we might look down on him a little bit more. Like, oh, look what your daughter was doing. And you weren't even there. You weren't even paying attention. It makes him, it makes her parents look a little better. Because in my mind, at this party, I relate more on the adult side of like, who the hell is letting all these kids have this house to themselves kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it seems like, oh, Liz has actually surrounded herself with somewhat responsible kids and isn't, you know, a total teenage 'er ne'er-do-well, you know? Yeah. And you
1: see that she is living in a big house in a very good, wealthy neighborhood. She's obviously rich. Her dad drives a BMW or a Mercedes. I did not look too clearly. Either way, it's a expensive car. So Toomes is doing very well for himself. And it's a very cliche thing to show in movies and shows where the rich kid is a complete spoiled brat whereas liz isn't like that she seems to have a good head on her shoulders
0: yeah flash is the one who fits that bill
1: yeah absolutely
0: and you know he totally gave himself that nickname oh yeah totally yeah so yeah thanks to ned peter has to find a way to get spider-man to this damn party
1: Mm -hmm. and good thing he's up on the roof because then he gets to see some pretty lights
0: yeah. And, you know, I totally forgot that Donald Glover was in this movie.
1: Yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah,
0: he's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So we see that there's an illegal weapon sale going down. This is what Tombs has been up to. He's more than just, you know, using these weapons. He's basically an arms dealer.
1: Yeah, essentially. And the dude who is blowing things up, not a very good salesman. Nope.
0: Now, question, where exactly is Peter keeping his phone?
1: Some questions are better left unanswered.
0: <laughs> this is a great moment who hasn't forgotten to put their phone on vibrate.
1: Yeah, true and also shows that he's a kid, you know, he's uh-huh. not a professional spy.
0: Yep, so it is it, and it's Ned calling him. So Ned blows up his spot here and this is a great sequence of Peter getting dragged around by the van.
1: Yeah, that looks painful.
0: Yeah, and you know what though, I will say could have done without the ferris buellering through the neighborhood this was a little much especially since somebody's watching the movie all right john watts we we see your little john hughes (laughs) tribute okay let's move on
1: no i i I actually quite liked it and especially when he's crashing into everything and he ends up scaring those two little girls with his eyes freaking out
0: you know that's probably because (laughs) you haven't seen ferris bueller fifty thousand times like i have but or other John Hughes staples. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked it. And it's
1: also a good meta joke that a lot of people say that, you know, Spider-Man, it's a good thing he lives in New York with all the tall buildings because otherwise he'd be in trouble. And we see that when he's running through the golf
0: course. Yeah. Yeah, and (laughs) trouble's not far away because Peter gets caught here by Vulture. Yeah. Yeah. And this is really well shot. You feel dizzy and disoriented right along with him.
1: Yeah, that was a nice grab that he did with his talons.
0: Yeah. And man, I freak the fuck out when Peter is in this water, all twisted up in the parachute. This is a nightmare of mine. Uh-huh. Getting caught in like a tarp-like thing underwater, it, it, like like we see here, or like uh, Bruce Willis in Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope.
1: Yeah, but thankfully, Iron Man, I won't say Tony, saves the day.
0: Indeed he does. Yes, he does so via Wi-Fi. Yeah, true. And Tony already started mishandling Peter from the beginning, but he continues it here.
1: Yeah, he's very callous. And you can see over here, especially now after we've seen Endgame and how much we have dissected Tony's character, to go back and see how absolutely incapable he is of dealing with a young boy or anyone with with his lack of emotional intelligence
0: yes well i tell you this end game tony stark would have handled this a lot differently oh yeah absolutely yeah because this tony stark doesn't have kids hasn't really spent time around any of them and he's purposely you know kind of built a mental wall around his own experiences as a teenager
1: Yeah. And he mentions it several times in the movie, like, I don't want to be like my dad. I sound like my dad. He had a lot to go through. And for better or for worse, Peter was kind of his training wheels before he had a child.
0: (laughs) Training wheels, indeed. (laughs) And, you know, I think part of its ego, too, with Tony He is used to people just listening to him when he speaks. So he assumes Peter will do the same.
1: Yeah. And the problem is that Peter seems to think of Tony as, I'm not quite sure about a father figure, but more of a role model. A mentor. A mentor. And he wants a more hands-on sort of relationship with his mentor, which is understandable. Whereas Tony is just staying away. And I think that's also his way of keeping distance because he knows he likes the kid so much
0: absolutely yep he doesn't want to get too attached
1: yeah because he already is attached had he not been attached he wouldn't have put the trackers and all of that in the suit and he wouldn't have been so pissed with him almost dying
0: so iron man and peter part ways and we head over to tombs's lair and he is pissed
1: Oh, yeah, he is.
0: Yeah. Now, this guy here, I don't know the actor's name, so I'm just going to call him Tim Hardy because look at him. (laughs) This guy had dead meat written all over him when he was late for work back in 2012.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he clearly is irresponsible and thinks highly of himself because the way he was behaving with a customer and seeing full well that the customer was very uncomfortable is not the way you make a sale.
0: <laughs> you make it sound like he's selling like high-end cameras or something. <laughs> like he's working at Best Buy. Look, business is business, okay?
1: <laughs> Any salesperson worth their salt knows that you need to make your customer comfortable. And yes, you need to give them a demo, but you give it in a controlled environment. You don't spook them, otherwise then you don't make the sale.
0: This is true. And again, this is exactly why I am concerned. (sighs) I have a problem. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) I don't like
1: shoddy business people.
0: Well, you know what? You can never again tell me I'm awful when I get upset about murderers being sloppy on Forensic Files, (laughs) because you are no better, Missy. (laughs) And uh, this guy pulls a fucking Coleman Reese here. If you remember that, that little asshole from the Dark Knight thinks he can blackmail tubes out of this and just walk away from the egg.
1: Yeah, exactly. So this is what pisses me off. No situational awareness. Dude, you are surrounded by weapons. It is not a good idea to piss off the boss who can literally fire you
0: yes yes you are surrounded and expendable sir
1: you don't even get a
0: name you don't even have a name buddy
1: yeah and if you are a shoddy salesman you have no insurance
0: (laughs) yeah so tombs just bust out this weapon and uh bye bye tim hardy see you later
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i wanted to cut his beard off and tombs did the job for me very, very efficiently.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I swear John Watts, director of this movie, was channeling his inner Brian De Palma at times because more than once in this movie, I'll I'll bring it up later, I'm reminded of The Untouchables. And just the way this is done, I mean, it's been done before in Movie sure, but the way this is done in particular reminds me of the scene where Capone beats a guy to death with a baseball bat at dinner to make an example of him in front of everybody.
1: Yeah, you know, that's a good point, because throughout this movie, I know Capone isn't the godfather, but I always felt like there was a certain godfather-esque feeling that Tombs gave.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Although, I mean, technically speaking, Capone kind of is the godfather, because Robert De Niro did play Vito Corleone, but that's for another podcast. Well,
1: yeah, true, (laughs) but... Let's put it this way. I think Michael Keaton binged watched all the Godfather movies and then came on to play this role.
0: Okay. So the next day, we're back at school with Peter and Ned and Peter's taking apart part of a weapon he found.
1: Yeah, and after finding out that it's actually a bomb, he's he's very, very lucky.
0: Yes, he is. And again, active intelligence that we're seeing here with Peter. Mm -hmm. And I have to know, Holland and Babylon together. How many different handshake variations did they go through? I know they came (laughs) up with this themselves. Probably.
1: And how long did it take for them to come up with it? I mean, I could watch it 10 times and still not remember it.
0: I think that's where the casting of Tom Holland also comes in handy. He is a trained gymnast and trained dancer. He has no problems learning choreography.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. And you know, the child in me thought... When you and I meet, we need to have a secret handshake. The madam's handshake.
0: So again, we're uh, recording this on August 5th. Amy just got her first COVID vaccine shot today. And clearly she is becoming feverish because that is not going to happen. Oh, There will be no secret handshake. There could huh. be, though, a lanyard. Okay, I'll take it, but then, you know, I've never had a
1: secret <laughs> handshake, so I would like to do... I will get that with one of your dogs.
0: Level 7 access is re- is required to gain entry into my home. And treats. Level 7 access and treats.
1: Yeah. She says business partner, but never actually wants <laughs> to meet me.
0: So here's one big beef I actually have with this movie. These henchmen showing up just walking into this high school. Nope. Nope. Can't just walk into an American high school. Nope. Explain for us non-Americans. Um, well, I don't know if if anyone else across the world has noticed, but we have a bit of a gun problem in this country. And there are all kinds of procedures for schools. Schools are now basically prisons and you can't get into them unless you work there or you attend the school. So this wouldn't happen. I see. Okay. But nonetheless, the henchmen show up because they are tracking that exact weapon that Peter's playing with.
1: Yeah, so they're basically tracing the radiation, the signature of that radiation, to find the source of it.
0: So we got some great tension here. Peter does manage uh to escape undetected. Now this little bit here, this I could relate to three years in the chess club. Thank you very much. <laughs> You really were one of the unpopular
1: kids, weren't you?
0: I was the town chess champion for two years, I'll have you know. (laughs) And it did not make me popular.
1: Yeah, that's the kind of thing. And plus the comment you made about the debate team. Did you know that you weren't endearing people?
0: Well, see, my personality didn't help either. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good times. anyway so yeah so
1: why these guys are leaving peter has the presence of mind to shoot one baby spider up one of the guy's legs to track them
0: it's ant-man he's going up his ass (laughs) i couldn't help it i had to
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll be, I'll be honest. I did not like that baby spider because it looked very realistic as a spider because it's so tiny. You know, the other bigger I spiders that we spiders. saw. Yeah, yeah you know, spiders. The, the other spiders that we saw that were doing recon and all were bigger. So it seems less scary because, you know, it's not real. But the animation for this one going up his leg was yeah. a bit much for me. And yes, Ant-Man, the first Ant-Man was tough with so many ants around. I uh-huh. did not appreciate Don't get me started.
0: Yeah. yeah, not looking forward to covering that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yes, the spider went up probably that fellow's ass, you know, keeping things undetected. And they tracked him to their lair.
0: And I just loved Ned sitting on Peter's bed wearing his mask. Yeah. <laughs> and it fit perfectly, too. I mean, yeah, of course, even though his head's got to be twice the size of Tom Ollins.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the tech, you know. This yeah. is what we need. If anything we pick from the Avengers, it's that clothes automatically fit.
0: This is true. We need that technology. Col- yes, Bruce Banner's pants, those are just a cultural agreement that we all have. <laughs> but yeah, and it's so something a teenage boy would do, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So this is where we are going to stop and break this episode up into two parts for you guys yeah as
1: Chris mentioned earlier I took my shot and I'm I'm feeding the effects of it right now so see you in the next part
0: so we will pick up part two in Washington for the academic decathlon mm-hmm you know I gotta say because I am a child of the 90s I keep wanting to say the academic bowl because it was the academic bowl on Saved by the Bell okay keep showing your age krista good job anyway (laughs) thanks to all you madams for joining us today i'm madam chris and i'm madam amy
1: we will see you in part two of our discussion of spider-man homecoming
0: already in your feed
1: indeed we are very efficient that way
0: (laughs) (laughs) in the meantime if you want to share your thoughts especially because there's probably been new teasers and news and god knows what else in the last few months find (laughs) us on twitter and instagram at marl madams
1: and check out our website themarvelessmadams.com where infinity stones are a girl's best friend (sighs) what's the word tech piece of tech no no uh radiation uh Signature, radioactivity.
0: Uh, The yeah, uranium signature. uh, It's not uranium. It's uh, radio carbon. Just maybe I'm just saying words now. (laughs) 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 Ultraviolet, radioactive,
1: (laughs) (laughs) radioactive spider (laughs) signature.
0: Gamma, gamma rays. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we are close to it. Radiation signature—it's the radiation that needs to change. It's—it's uh, it's right there.
0: Come on, come on. Um, uh. Scepter, Mindstone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that. Give me sciencey words. Radiography, ra- ra- uh, radio, uh, <laughs> antenna. Uh, going in the wrong direction. <laughs>